Luke chapter 13, verse 6. He also spoke this parable, the teacher, Christ is teaching, the greatest teacher that ever was and will be. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years I have came seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered, the, the vine dresser answered and said to him, sir, let it alone this year also. Let it alone this year also. Just because it's been three years. How many of you know we don't have a God who's one, two, three strikes, you're out. It's been three years, haven't found any fruit. Cut it down. And the vine dresser came, the intercessor came. The intercessor, I told you last week, we're the intercessors. And we say, Father, over my child, my marriage, my business, my home, over my nation, Lord, this year also. But how many of you know also the Holy Spirit is the great intercessor? And he comes and he prays and intercedes and intervenes. Let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And it bear, and if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. The Holy Spirit's not going to give up on you and he's not going to quit working on you. But there is a work to yield to. There is an operation of the Holy Spirit that we must yield to. And uh, I started, started it last week. The Holy Spirit had me start teaching on fruitfulness for this year. And it may not be what other people are speaking on, but I've got to obey God for what He has me speak now at this time with us here. It's about being fruitful. Let it alone this year also. And I want you to turn with me to uh, Jeremiah 17. I don't think I had time to read this last year. I want to read Jeremiah 17 to you. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. I'll read this in the living. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are stunted shrubs, stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But verse 7, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord. How many trust in the Lord today? Yeah. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made, have made, is making the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried. Say, I'm not worried. Not worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never, say never, never stop producing fruit. They never stop producing fruit. Now, I've read to you these two scriptures and I just want to speak about a little while and then get into some areas. But I want to tell you, you know, I shared with you last week, I have eight fruit trees and I feel like I need to plant a ninth. But I've got, for example, I've got some fig trees planted by this big pine tree. And it's amazing that the trees further from the pine tree, give more fruit. Because the pine tree is sucking all the nourishment. I've got to water, double water and double fertilize the uh, fig trees that I have close to my pine tree because they just don't give us fruit. They don't look as healthy. And i got a lemon tree by the pine tree. So I've got two lemon trees. Now, these two lemon trees I bought five, six years ago. I bought them as a twig in a box in Florida. A little bitty box. And now, you know, one probably gave over 30 lemons this year. And the other gave maybe 10 or 12. They're different sizes, but they were planted at the same time. 
Now write this down. Fruit comes through process. You just won't bear 30, 60, and 100 fold in any of these nine fruits of the Spirit over time, over months. It'll take years. It'll take a lifetime to develop these different fruits of the Holy Spirit. Just like I have these trees and my mother-in-law for last Christmas gave me uh, two mandarin trees because I like to plant them in pairs because you're supposed to plant them in pairs. Well, I've got two mandarin trees. And you know, that little mandarin tree, I had to have a pipe to hold it up because it had two mandarins on it. But, you know, just because it had two mandarins on it, I didn't cut it down and say, boy, that's a good gift. Why didn't she buy me a big tree that already had 20 of them on there? No. I take these little twigs, I take these little trees, I plant them, I take care of them, I cover them. They're a lot of work, but they give me fruit if I take care of them. And it's the same thing about the fruit of the Holy Spirit that God wants to develop in our lives. He wants us to to give attention, and we're going to see some things that we do not know. The Holy Spirit is just speaking, speaking so personal to me, and I want to speak it to you. Areas that we've, the fruit of the Spirit is so important for our life, and we have not given it many times the importance of the recognition that we need to. So that's what we're doing with the Word of God, because He says if we don't bear fruit, it will be cut off and thrown into the fire. Now look with me, if you don't mind, in Matthew chapter 7. It's amazing. You know, uh, we've been teaching on discipleship all last year and into this year. And I've been teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, this Wednesday talked about trees with fruit. And, it's, and so uh, somebody said, well, aren't you teaching on fruit on Sundays? I said, yeah, but the Holy Spirit just had it all set up to where we were going to be talking about a fruit on Wednesday night also. So I want you to see here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and his gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few find it. How many of you know that is still the word today? And it goes on to say, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes among thorn bushes or figs among thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit like a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. And one thing I want to share with you, as you see today, this develop a word from the Lord about this, the importance of fruit. Something I want to share with you about that I saw through this pine tree that's caused my fig tree and lemon tree to be smaller and less productive as those that are farther from the lemon tree. You remember the story of the ten virgins. All ten of them were virgins, which represents believers. Five were wise and five were foolish. The five foolish ran out of oil because they didn't watch their oil level. And when they ran out of oil, they wanted to go to the ones who had oil and take their oil. It's the same way about fruit. You can tell and you can see everyone and judge them by their fruits. And if we're not careful, those who don't have any fruit are usually the ones who just love to try to take yours. And just like that pine tree tries to stop the development of those trees that I have close to it, Christians 
who are just Christians by say-so but don't have the fruit in their lives, be careful. A lot of fellowship with fruitless Christians will just mean less fruit in areas of your life. You hang around with a believer that has only a little fruit in the area of goodness. And pretty soon, because they're not working much in that area of goodness or meekness or temperance or self-control, and if you stick around believers who have a weakness in the fruit of self-control, pretty soon you start finding yourself losing more and more control. You see what I'm saying? So we've got to be real careful that this fruit is so important because he's going to judge the tree by its fruit. You'll know the tree by its fruit. So we've got to be careful with the fruit. Now, a lot of people say, no, Jesus won't cut it down and throw it in the fire. He just said he would. Now, look with me right quick in Matthew chapter 10. Let me, I want to just show you something here. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. He'll see it by its fruit. One thing, I'll share one story I shared Wednesday night. My, my wife and I, we are always looking to go to festivals. And how many of you ever heard of the Peach Festival in Ruston? Well, we went to the Peach Festival in Ruston a few years ago. Man, we were all excited. We drove over there. Guess what? We went to Ruston expecting peaches. And we got there, and they had uh, arts and craft booths. They had uh, everything in the world, but not one peach. Now, this is supposed to be a peach festival. Not one peach in the whole city. So we started asking, we came here from Alexandria to get peaches. Where's the peaches? They said, they're coming by train from Georgia. <laughs> I said, now, aren't we supposed to be celebrating the peach festival from Ruston, Louisiana? I want a Ruston peach. We don't have any. Didn't have any this year. So we got to import them from Georgia. Another time we went to an Italian festival by Hammond, Louisiana. Not one Italian. <laughs> And the booths and the fairground was all set up. No Italian food, not even pizza. We had to end up eating seafood and a sausage on a stick. We, we came to celebrate an Italian. We've gone to all kind of festivals. And it's amazing how many of them. I guess rain may have some frogs if you go to the frog festival. And Crowley, I know they got rice. But when you go somewhere, you want it. And we went all the way. And they said, oh, we got to import it. Well, isn't it something that sometimes our lives are like that? Well, you know, somebody comes and they expect that they're going to get something, some certain strength or joy or peace from us. And they come and when they get around us, they find us sucking. <laughs> they end up sucking the little bit of peace you still have because they need it. When you go to open up your heart, open up your heart to a fruitful tree. Open up your heart to someone who has fruit and their fruit remains. Now, I want you to see this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sitting after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Now, let me know he's talking to believers here. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire... They will consume his enemies. For anyone who refuses to obey the law of Moses, for anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much more worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God 
and have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy, as if it was common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge and will pay them back. And he also, he also said, the Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Now, the reason we're studying this and the reason we live studying, the reason we're faithful to church and we're faithful to pray and read the word every day, because we are going to stand before God and we are going to give an account on the lives that we lead. But many people say, and it's so common, people saying, well, you know, and there's preachers and heresy going on. Well, I just don't believe a loving God will send me to hell. He says he will. Because he's given us the law and the way to choose. Now, I told you the word Lord, many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy? Didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we do all these signs and wonders in your name? Yes, those were gifts and those were talents, but your personal life had no fruit. And that word Lord, that Lord, word Lord, Lord means owner and, and, and master over my life and over my death. And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And I shared with you, the word iniquity means to turn you back and turn your ear away from God when he's calling and when he's talking. If you're here today and you've been living your own life and you know that what you've been doing is not producing, today's the day to return to the Lord and give your life and surrender to him and make him Lord and master of your life. That your life may start producing. I can't stand here and not share with you the need of producing fruit and face Jesus on that day that I did not do my best to try to develop and work and work alongside the Holy Spirit with this word to help develop this type of lifestyle and this word so that you could develop a life full of fruit so that when you stand before God, you are unashamed in any area. Not only because you know that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin, but you lived a life to produce fruit. And fruit abundantly. So that's why we're sharing these things with you today. Because the word Lord means he has a legal right over your life to surrender to him. Now, uh, I took my son. My son's getting ready to start his second, his uh, fourth semester at A. And I took him to get books uh, over there this week. And I was standing in line. And when I went to put his books on the counter, she said, uh, oh, wow. She says, boy, I like that wedding band. And she said that. And, and I've just been meditating on it. And I'm going to show you today. That the fruit of the Spirit comes through a relationship with the Lord. This ring, I just got, Cody wanted some shoes for Christmas, so I just got, this is a $14 ring I got on sale at a shoe store. It's, it looks modern, and it's nice, and she says, I want my fiancé to have one. But you know what this ring means? This ring means I'm in a relationship. She says, I'm getting ready to get married, I want my future husband to have one. This little insignificant, round, $14 ring still says, I'm in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for 26 and a half years. Through this relationship, we've had three sons. We traveled to over 12 countries. We've seen God do a number of awesome things because there's fruit from this relationship. And you see, I practice the fruits of the Spirit because I am in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, Sister Kay... Can I use you just a minute? I want to show you something even more powerful than my ring. Don't worry, I'm not going to go too far. This is this is our sister who works with the singles, along with her her fiance Bob. Now this she's not married yet. This ring. Now Sister K, listen to me. Sister K is not married yet. She has not been married for 14 years. So, brother Bob, don't get nervous. This is just an example. 
Sister Kay, she has a promise ring, but she's still available. She, she is still free, but she chooses to be committed in a relationship. She's free, but she chooses to be committed in a relationship. She's free, but she chooses to continue in a relationship. This ring says, no, I'm not married, but I am promised soon to be engaged, and hopefully soon to be married. Thank God I didn't embarrass you too bad, huh? You're the only one I know that is just engaged. So do you see this example? You're free. Everybody says, oh, I'm free. I'm under grace and mercy. Yeah, I'm free. But because of the relationship I am in and because of my love and my faithfulness to this relationship, though I am free, I choose to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I choose not to live a double standard. I choose to live underneath the sovereign will of my God. And because, I'm going to show you this with the fruit of the Spirit, because of the fruit of love, I stay faithful. And because of the fruit of love and staying faithful, I have the fruit of peace. And because of the fruit of peace, I have the fruit of joy. And what I want to show you, the, every fruit is a column on the foundation of salvation. And every fruit backs the other fruit up. And some fruit of the nine are going to be weaker than the others. But as I stay in relationship with the fruit that I'm strong in, the weaker fruit will continue to stand and the tree will continue to stand because though I may have some fruit I'm weak in, there are some fruit I'm strong in. And the strong fruit will back up the weak fruit. Therefore, the tree is not without purpose and the tree will not be cut down. So rejoice. Though you may be weak in some of these areas, you will be strong in others. Hallelujah. Amen. So the fruit is shown through the relationship. The fruit shows that I am connected. Now, you can look at the fruit there in Galatians uh, chapter 5, but, but we won't go there because of time. But let me just share a few things with you. The fruit speaks, this ring speaks, I'm in a relationship. The fruit says, I am in a relationship with Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, sound, mind, all that. It all proves that I am in a relationship with the Holy Spirit and with Christ Jesus. Now, I can claim all the time I want to. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. But by their fruit, you'll know them. So, for example, love. The Word of God says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. I love the Lord with all of my heart. Therefore, that proves I am in a relationship with God. But then it goes on to say, but also, the second commandment is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So I show that I'm in a relationship with God. I mean, I may be strong in the area of loving God with everything I have. But what's my fruit when it comes to the second commandment of loving my neighbor, regardless of his race, regardless of where he lives, regardless of who he is? How strong am I in that area of fruit there? Then take joy. How does that have to do with the relationship? The joy of the Lord is my strength. If I'm in a relationship with the Lord, 
There's going to be an unspeakable joy full of glory that surges within my spirit. And because I'm in a relationship with the Lord, I'm going to have that joy within me. How about peace? What does that have to do with relationship? Glad you asked. Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You see how that all has to do with relationship? Well, the same thing with a marriage. The same thing in the church. I walk in the fruit of love because I, I, I love my wife. I have peace. I have joy because there's a relationship. But let that relationship get weak and then go on down and the area of faith or faithfulness or trustworthiness starts getting weak because I have not stayed strong in my relationship in the other areas of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, all those different areas. You see what I'm saying? Let's take patience. <laughs> That's always a good one. Let's take patience. How many times do you hear people say, how do you put up with him? Let's go back to the fruit of love, the fruit of joy, and the fruit of peace. I could never live with that man. If you loved him, you could. Because though you see this side of him, I know the other sides of him. And so you see, you, you develop those areas. How about, okay, patience. How about uh, kindness? Look at the nurse, person next to you and say, oh, you're so kind. You're so, <laughs> kindness. You're not a lemon sucker. How about goodness? Faith or faithfulness. Gentleness, which is also meekness. Or temperance, which is self-control. Self-control. And, you know, one of the things you can see about self-control is you can tell whether the Holy Spirit's in control or you as self is in control. You can use that word in two different ways. If self is in control, listen to this. Let me show you that one of the important things about the fruit of the Spirit. If self is in control, you're going to have a pity party. Self-pity. You're going to say, man, I feel like I can't do this. Self-reliance. Man, I keep making mistakes and hurting myself. Self-hurt. So if we don't work in that area of allowing the Holy Spirit to work this fruit in our area, there's going to be self-control, but it's going to be since I'm in control and the Lord is not Lord over my life, I'm going to walk in these areas and open the door to where there's going to be areas in my life that I'm going to be hurt in. But if I learn self-control temperaments, and listen, the first one is love and the last one is self-control. Why? These are the two that are the columns that cause the others to stay together. If I'm going to love my brother or my sister for a long time, I'm going to have to have self-control so I don't quit loving them in the middle of their process. I'm going to have to have self-control in the area of patience. I'm not going to lose my patience. I'm going to believe and trust in the process no matter what. They all back one another up. You see this? They all back one another up and we need each and every one. And we need to grow in, in these gentleness and faith and meekness and temperance. T Self-control means to say no to temptation and selfish desires. Means to love uh, with the love of Christ no matter what and be in control. Peace, not to let the devil steal our peace. 
It says, don't let nobody, he says, don't let everybody in the book of Revelation, don't let anything take your crown of joy. Don't let the enemy come to try to steal these different areas out of your life. Because people, many times, they hate fruit. But how many of you know, love keeps me and the other fruits keep me since I've been rescued from going where I'm not supposed to go and keeps me safe. Now look with me at a scripture we all know. Look with me in Mark chapter 4. Let me... I want to get to some points here this morning. Look at me, Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Are you glad you came today? Now, I know this isn't one of those usual shout messages and you want to run around the church and everything else. But listen, as as we go through this, I want you to see this is one of the most important messages we could study on. Because throughout the Word of God, what is Jesus looking for? Fruit. Now, I want to show you something very important here. Look with me in Mark chapter 4, verse 14. And the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside which, where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. You see, they have a portion of the joy. And they have no root, patience, or self-control in themselves. So they endure only for a time. You know where you see that? When you don't have all the fruit being developed, you see so many times, someone comes and rededicates their life to the Lord. And they are good and rededicated that one day. Sunday, they're driven to tears in the moment. And they come up and they go, I've got to give my life over to God. I have not been living my life as I should. Save me. But it's not just about getting saved. It's about growing roots in the Word of God. Because, you know, some people, they get saved and they do good for a day. Some will do good for a week. Some will do good for a month. Some may do good for a year. But you see them come and go, rededicate, refire, then go cold, grow cold, and go back. You see this fluctuation. They're shrubs with no roots. And they're blown to and fro. Because without the development of the fruit of the Spirit in a strong way, the Word can be sown at the moment, yes! But tomorrow, here comes the temptation, no. Why? Haven't had time to develop the the, uh, area of self-control. And patience and faith. Let me show you how these things work together. The enemy comes at you. You're going to die of cancer immediately. The fruit of faith says, no, I will live and not die. Oh, yeah, you're going to die. You see, you're still getting a bad report. Then the fruit of patience that you've been developing stands and says, no, because I will stand upon the word and I believe my redeemer lives. Yeah, but look how bad it is when you're suffering by cancer. No, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. As the devil comes to you, every fruit stands up and starts. They back the one another up. And when you're about ready to say, the devil says, won't you just say, just say, just say, just say, that you know you're going to die. And and, and, and you're tempted and your faith is struggling. And, and love of God, knowing love is saying God loves you. He came to give you life, not to take it away. And all the fruit is speaking out 
for you. And all the fruit of the Spirit is standing together with you. And there are columns in your salvation. And then, But then that area of self-control is struggling. And you want to say, I know I'm going to die. I know I'm not going to make it. I know I don't have the faith to believe. But then you just keep sowing and fertilizing and watering. And then those roots start tapping. And you're getting stronger and stronger. And then pretty soon you have start. You have nine fruit of the Spirit shouting out, You'll live! You are healed! You are rescued! You will make it! You will make it! Do you see that? We'll stand on a few things and this, I, I won't continue to read. I'm, I'm, I'm out of time and I, I've got to get to the next point. It goes on to read. You can read later. Everybody knows it. It says 30, 60, and 100 fold. Let me share something with you. Let me be real. I have been hearing the word of faith message since the 70s. And boy, I tell you, I have heard seminar after seminar after seminar on faith. And most of us have. Boy, how many of you have ever gone, your pastor said, I'm going to teach you faith for the next six months. I taught, I taught Hebrews 11 for a whole year. So let's say we got fruit of a hundredfold in the area of faith. And then we've heard messages on patience. I've got 60-fold fruit in patience. I'm growing. Then we hear a message on joy. We've heard conferences on joy. And you go, oh, I'm about 60 or 100 fold in the area of joy. But then you get to the area of temperance or self-control. Did you ever hear a whole year taught at one time on self-control? Well, you know, in the area of self-control, I don't even know if I'm 30 fold. How about... You see what I'm saying? 30, 60, and 100 fold. So I may be... 30-fold in love. That makes me 30-fold in the area of goodness. 30-fold in the area of mercy. And we're wondering, why isn't this working for me? Well, this is showing you, you cannot stand just on faith. You cannot stand just on faith. How, how, let me show you. Let me show you. Let's go to the book of James. Let's go to the book of James. James chapter 1. We've been taught faith till we know... All the scriptures on faith. And we got a hundredfold in our fruit fruit tree of faith. But how are we from one to a hundred on the other eight? Or we've been taught so much in love. We don't have any doubt God loves us. We're a hundredfold in the area of love. But how are we in the area of meekness? And let me show you something, for example, in meekness. Look at James chapter 1, verse 21. James. Chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness. Woo! We don't have time to go there. And I won't. Oh, sounds like y'all want to. Okay. No, no, no. Let me show you something. Lay aside all filthiness or go back to Galatians chapter 5, verses 21, 22, when it says, the works of the flesh are these. Remember I told you that the gifts of the Holy Spirit has to do with relationship? Well, why are the first three sins or works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, verse 21? Fornication, adultery, and lust. All has to do with relationship. The works of the flesh or iniquity has to do with what I'm in relationship with. The fruits of the Holy Spirit has to do with what I'm in relationship with. If I'm in relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit and His Word... 
If I'm in a relationship and I'm studying the area of patience and joy and self-temperance and, and all these other things, that I'm going to grow 30, 60, and 100 fold in those areas. But so many times we want to just focus on one area. <clears throat> this church is going to focus totally upon love. And uh, we, we know the scriptures don't love and we got the banners on love. Or we're going to be a faith church. And we're going to hear once again, Mark 11, 23, 24. And boy, and all that is good, but... We stay so much in certain areas when we've got to develop all nine. And look at this. It says, lay aside the works of the flesh. All iniquity. Lay aside. Where am I? Get rid of filth and evil in your lives. Look what it says. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And receive. Somebody say receive. Receive with meekness, receive with meekness the implanted or the engrafted word, which, look what he goes on to say, which is able to save. Somebody shout out save. It's the word zoso. It means delivered, healed, prosperous, blessed, peaceful. It means all the fruit of the spirit is in this one word saved. And how do we get saved? By receiving the implanted word of God. And, and, and listen, you heard it in, in over there in Matthew. The sower goes and sows the word of God. The sower sows the word of God. The sower sows the word of God. Listen where I'm going here. Listen where I'm going here. Get ready. Get, get ready. Get ready. Look where I'm going here. The sower sows the word of God. And it's in the heart. But since it's not rooted, it falls away. Listen to this. You've got to receive the word under the influence of the nine gifts, fruits of the Holy Spirit. And the one it says here is meekness. Now, we have heard all kind of seminars on faith. And boy, I'm going to get it by my faith. But wait a minute, it says meekness. Get ready. Meekness makes the ground fertile. Meekness. And we think it all has to do with faith. And it does. But it talks there from the very beginning. We've been hearing the ground's not right. The ground's not right. The ground's not right. Oh, I gotta get my confessions back out. The ground's not right. Oh, I gotta get the tapes back out. The ground's not right. And the Holy Spirit is saying, wait a minute. The ground is not right. It's stony. It's thistles. It's hard. Yeah, but I got my faith. What you need is meekness. Because meekness is the fertility of the heart. And as long as we grow in the area of meekness, our heart stays fertile. And how many of you are reading the year devotional? How many read Matthew chapter 7? I'm going to read Matthew chapter 7 to you. I bet you think I'm high this morning. I'm going all over the place. Matthew chapter 7. I'm like a little squirrel that drunk all that coffee. Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. How many, do you have the living Bible? I'm doing the devotion, the year devotion. And, and how many of you read Matthew 7 this week? Anybody? Saw, okay, a few of us read Matthew 7. I read this and I said, this is what God's talking about. Matthew chapter 7, verse 14 in the living Bible. Listen to this. The wicked conceive, say it with me, conceive, conceive evil. They are pregnant with trouble and they give birth to lies. 
conceive, pregnancy, and birth. Works of the flesh. I have an evil thought, and I don't put it down. Conception. I keep meditating, keep thinking. Pregnant. And if, I, if I'm pregnant, and I keep meditating on it, and I keep working on it, and I keep allowing things to go in my ears and my eyes, birth, and I'm captive. It's the same thing with the Word of God. I told my, a missionary that we support in Honduras, he was getting ready to marry a Hondurian. And I lived in those countries 18 years, and I sat down with him, and I said, Brother, and I don't mean this as mocking or anything, I said, Brother, I said, let me tell you right now. He was getting ready to get married. I said, listen, those girls are fertile. If, you ju- if they just drink out of your glass, they're pregnant. That's what I told him. I sat him down and I kept saying, brother, I'm telling you, I know how it is to be a missionary and you start having all these kids and you'll have one every nine months if you're not careful. Because those Latin girls are very fertile. Our churches were big because everybody had 14, 20 kids. They're fertile. So I said, brother, listen to me. Get married and everything's great, but be careful. You want to use wisdom. Because how many babinos do you want? <laughs> and he came back a few years later. He says, Brother Russell. I said, congratulations, you had a baby. He says, Brother Russell. We've had two and she's pregnant again. She said, you're right. All she had to do was bathe in my bath water. He said, she was so fertile. She says, now we're going to have to do something about it. I said, I told you said, you better control how much you want planted because you're going to reap a harvest every time. (laughs) Fertile! How many would love to have a fertile heart? Every word is received, conceived. Pregnant. Love. What you're pregnant with? Love, peace, joy, kindness, temperance, faith. Meekness makes the heart fertile. The meek shall inherit the earth. All the fruit of the Spirit are needed so that we can receive all the divine revelation and knowledge of the Word of God. Because he's looking for fruit. By their fruit, you'll know them. Did you hear the word that I just shared with you? First comes the conception. It's in the word. Then comes the pregnancy. And then comes the birth. It's the same way with the word of God. I want to give birth to more love. Then I need to get more pregnant with love. But it says the engrafted. And that word engrafted means the seed that becomes one with the soil and grows. There's a relationship with the earth, the water, and the seed. There's a relationship with the word and the water and the seed. And as I keep my heart meek and humble, because listen, let me talk about, let me just give you an example about one of the other, uh, other uh, fruits of the spirit. And uh, the name of it is, let me have a drum roll. And the fruit of the spirit is, which one do I want to talk about? Um, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody praise the Lord. Mm. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay. It's, it's, it's mental. No, it's mental. No, I'm not mental. It's meekness or gentleness. Do you know what it means in the Greek? And I'll be touching it more later. Watch this. It means one who is ready and able to accept correction without saying a word or getting upset or getting mad or complaining about what he or she's being told. Meekness makes the ground fertile. Oh, I'm meek, brother. I'm the meek lamb of the earth. Well, you need to repent and change about this. Boy, don't you talk to me about that. Oh, I didn't. The Word of God said it. Every time you get corrected, you're going to complain about it. Every time God wants to press you. Oh, God, you're pressing me too hard. He says, I know how much I need to press you. Meekness means... Lord, whatever comes my way, I'm not going to complain. In everything, I'm going to rejoice. And you're allowing those fruits to start bearing fruit. Come on. You hear me, church? It's Listen, we have just been walking around, walking around, and we sound spiritual. We're like that fella who put on some... Uh, uh, your ringtones? Percy Sledge, is it? Or who, who's your ringtone, that guy? That's good at all. Okay, Marvin Gaye. You put some, the, the husband, the husband puts some Marvin Gaye and comes up to his wife. I think, I bet y'all think I'm crazy. I did have some, some coffee this morning. The husband, the husband puts some Marvin Gaye on and he says, Hey, baby. And she goes, Hold up. Honey, the Lord says, Not tonight. church has been operating all this time. Man, we sound so spiritual. And then all of a sudden, I'm saying this because there used to be sisters in South America used to go to my wife and say, Pastor, give me some counsel. My husband, this and that and the other. I'm not going into all that, but they would ask her for counsel. She goes, he's your husband. And we used to tell them single sisters. Don't go home when, when your husband's not saved. Because how many know the Bible says it's by your fruit they'll get saved, not by your words. When you go home, I would tell him and my wife would tell him, don't you go home and mention Brother Russell or Pastor Russell one time. And don't you get in bed and say, oh, you should have been at church tonight. He's not saved. He don't want to hear you preach. And he don't want to hear another man mentioned in his bed. You want to sound so spiritual. Oh, Pastor Russ, he'll feel like he's lived with two men. He don't want to hear my name. He don't need to hear my name. You need to be home, go home, be a wife, love your husband, serve your husband. And then you won't be coming here saying later on, I lost my husband. Well, I wonder why, because you were so spiritual that uh, the Lord says he wants me tonight. Not tonight. The Lord says, not tonight. And we do all this spiritual talk. And the husband's there. Where's the fruit? Don't tell me what pastor preached. Live what pastor preaches. Amen. By your fruit. You know them. Boy, I could get into some jokes and stuff, but I gotta cut it off right there. Gotta cut it off right there.
Yeah, that is a real good idea. <laughs> but I think you're getting what I'm saying. Isn't the heart fertile to receive whatever it's interested in? You may be here today, I ain't interested in this. I came to please mama or my honey. But then outside, let us talk about football honey. Oh, boy, she saw the six-point I killed today before coming to church. Man, I got out there. Should have seen that eight-point I got. The heart's fertile for what it's interested in. And Jesus said, if you don't want me to cut you off, you better get interested in what I say get interested in. Don't call me Lord, Lord, if you're not interested in what I'm telling you to be interested in. Your heart needs to be fertile. You can keep killing them eight points while you're meditating on the Word of God. But whatever you're interested in, you'll be fertile in. You'll give attention in. You're interested in these fruits of the Spirit, which I believe has a lot to do with the growth, individual growth of every person. Whether I'm 30, 60, or 100-fold in whatever area I'm in, I need to grow in those areas. By their fruit, you will know them. Let me end with this last example. My aunt married one of these internet dating guys. And I know other people who's married some of these internet dating guys. We've had a few who's married convict guys. And they knew them in prison and they were in the Word and they studied the Word and they were on fire for God. I've been in the hospital with one who got beat up and almost burnt to death and robbed by supposedly men of God who was in the prison. I've heard sad stories in counsel. Yeah, he was a lot younger and he was a stallion. But he hoofed her to death too. By their fruit, you know them. Now, I'm not saying some internet, Christian internet services don't work, but I think you're crazy if you try them. Because you cannot grow in the area of trust unless you see them and you press them and you get to know them on a daily basis for a long time. How can you get to know somebody by writing them letters? I can write the sweetest letters, but I can be a ring dinger at home. I can sweet talk and all men can sweet talk. Oh, I can't wait to be able to be by you and fix you coffee and fix your coffee and sit with you in the morning and read the Word of God together and pray together. They get out of prison or you meet them. They're from Canada or Russia or somewhere like that. And they get over here, you play their ticket and you get married and you think you're going to be reading the Word of God together and all of a sudden they don't come home for three days. This don't sound like the guy I married. Yeah, it was the guy who you, you, you read the letters from and not the one you saw the fruit from. Because your Prince Charming may just be a wolf in sheep's clothing. So in all these areas, I I could just go on and on. Just things are just feeling prompted. I just had to tell you. By their fruit, you know them. You know, it says it takes three to four years. John Maxwell even says it. They all say it takes three to four years to recuperate in the area of trust. It takes three to four years to recuperate in the area of trust. To really be able to say, I trust you. Because you've got to watch them. And, and they can say, I'm sorry, 50 times a day. But I want to see that you're sorry. And that you've changed. And if I see you've changed over a period of time, I'll trust you. Why? The fruit's grown. You see what I'm saying, church? I just share this with you in love. Because the Holy Spirit cares 
And, and he wants us to mature and bear fruit. But it doesn't come by sounding spiritual. It doesn't come by just going by church because we want to do what we feel we need to do. No, it's by living that life, surrendered to God and living in his word and staying meek and humble before God to keep that quiet and gentle, meek spirit that says God will not deny. So church, it's in all these areas we've got to grow. I hear some people say, Pastor, I didn't get it. I guess my faith was weak. Now you know. You've been hard on yourself because you say my faith was weak. You see, it probably wasn't even your faith that was weak. It was maybe some other area because none of us are a hundred in every fruit. And so instead of beating yourself down that I was weak in faith, you might not have been. You might have been strong in faith, but you might have been weak in another area. So now you just see that tree that needs to be fertilized and worked on and you just keep going for it. Amen. Did you get something out of this? Amen. Let's stand, please.